Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. Uh, my name is Sam, Sam Dracula. If you want to be formal, use the full name. Hey, I'm a Hornets YouTuber and podcaster. And I'm here to talk to you about our five and four Charlotte Hornets. I know it doesn't quite hit the same as three and one. Uh, that, was a, that was a standing. That was, that was a record last week when I recorded. Things have, you know, Cooled off a bit. The Hornets have been two and three since last time, since last uh, podcast episode. But there's been some strong positives over the course of those um, those games and some concerning negatives. I'm going to talk about all that All right, in this episode. PJ got hurt last night. Not, not, not something anyone wants to see. I don't have any details on that per se yet, but I'll talk about that. And uh, so much more. But before we get into all of that, I want to say thank you to Bet Online for sponsoring the podcast. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yo, how y'all doing? By the way, all right. This is where, you know, I can't hear you, you know, but you can, I'll, I'm gonna pause so you can answer. Um, late night, 10 p.m. game on the East Coast as the Hornets visited the Warriors. So uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pause for like two seconds so you can answer either to yourself inside your head or, ver- or verbally in your car, wherever you're listening to. You tired? You tired the next day? I was, I can tell you that. Okay, good to hear. All right, see, that's a, that's a little role play here. All right, the Hornets lost to the Warriors. Jordan Poole did a madness. It is what it is. It's a Jordan Poole's nice. Like it's not. We should, shouldn't be surprised. Um, the fact that Steph didn't go like go off off on the Hornets is a is a positive. But listen, this team right now, um, very early, like nine games into the season. Okay, this team is one of, if not the worst defensive team in the league. Looking at points allowed per game, one hundred fourteen point nine points per game. I think they're the worst. They're bot like. at the bottom of the league as far as points allowed per game. And I think there's two major contributors to that. All right. The perimeter defense has been atrocious at times. Okay. Guys like Anthony Simons, Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, like I mentioned, going off against us. Now, those guys aren't scrubs. Those are really good players. Hero's looking to be having a bounce back year. Um, Simons is looking like he's coming into his own. Jordan Poole is looking very nice as well. So those guys should do well every night, uh, but they look exceptionally fire uh, <laughs> against the Hornets, which is a which is a rip. Uh, it's not good. What I what I I can allow it because those guys are so good. 
What, what really gets frustrating to me is when these guys get multiple shot, shot attempts in the same half court possession because the rebounding and second chance opportunities in general just kill any good defensive effort. Like this, this, this Hornets team, the, the effort is there. You know, there's this kind of slow to rotate at times, some mismatches at times. Guys get like the other opposing team gets some open looks, some open looks, quite a few open looks every night. And, you know, for whatever reason, ball doesn't go in the rim, going go, doesn't go through the rim. Okay. But the, there's an offensive rebound and the rebounder finds the shooter again and he makes it second time. Like it's, there are times where, where it looks like opening shoot around when they're playing the Hornets and it, it, it can be demoralizing to say the least, especially when these, when these things are happening or in the second, in the, in the first half. Because lately, this team, this Hornets team has gone off to a slow start. And when our opponents are getting opportunity after opportunity from three, they're going to start making those. And they start increasing that, that first half deficit. And to the Hornets' credit, they've been efficient, proficient, sorry, proficient in making those comebacks making it closer than it should be. They're not always, you know, finishing, you know, completing the comeback, but they go on a run, make it a little, a little spicy. But it's, it's just not a way, it's not sustainable, right? And the fact that the Hornets are giving up so many points per game compared to the rest of the league, it's like, oh man, well, something, something needs to give. You can't, this can't run if this team has any hopes of being a playoff team. And then, you know, avoiding the playing, and then you know if somehow they do make the playoffs, I'm afraid of what's going to happen in a seven game series uh, if if the defense is like this. So I need this team to really really shore up the 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 glass. And from a personnel per- point of view, we have Mason Plumley. He's the starting center. He's seven feet tall. You got PJ. He's undersized. He can play the center. He's uh, he's active on the boards on and uh, in, in the interior um, from a on the on the defensive side of things, and then you have Nick Richards, who could come in every once in a while, offer something. He's a, he's a legit seven feet, uh, but that's it. You know that's the center rotation. Nick Nick Richards, sorry, not Nick Richards. Vernon Carey's not touching the floor anytime soon. Kai Jones is certainly not touching the floor anytime soon. So, where this team is undersized and undermanned in the front court. And when you look at the last five games, okay, so against the Magic, Mo Bamba, 14 points, 10 rebounds, all right? Next game against the Heat, bam, 26 points, 19 rebounds against the, against the Blazers. And a win, uh, Nurkic, 13 to 14, all right? Against the Cavs. The Cavs are cheating, by the way, all right? Listen, the Cavs have too many seven-footers. It's not fair. Let us have one, okay? Uh, Jared Allen, 24 and 16, Mobley, 15 and 10. Mad. Now, the Warriors, you know, Draymond still got, <laughs> still got his rebounds. He got 10. Uh, Steph got eight. Um, but Golden State, don't have, they don't have that big. Like, they don't have a Bamba. They don't have a, definitely don't have a Bamba, Nurkic, Allen, Mobley type. So against those games, you expect the Hornets to win a rebounding battle. And they made it competitive. So, like, that wasn't a concern against the Warriors. But, like, when this team comes up with a, um, a skilled interior big that can be a problem it's not, it's not i don't i feel like i'm understanding understating this it is a problem 
And I don't know what the answer is. I don't think the team, this team has the, the horses to compete with those types of guys. And I, we need one of those types of guys, I think, to get to the next level just to counteract the opposing guy. Like, I think Mason Plumlee, um, his, his rebounding is good, okay? His hands are better than, I think, Zeller and Biz. But he was moving a little sloppy, especially last night, taking fadeaway jump shots. And his passing is good. It is good. I do like I do I do enjoy Mason Plumlee's passing, and it, and it, he kind of faces up a little bit from the from the perimeter. He's not going to shoot it per se, but he's willing to to put the ball on the floor around the three point line, which I respect. Right, that means the other team has to defend it, and be aware of him. They know he's not going to shoot it, but they at least have to defend him to some degree. But man, I really wish we had a center that can draw a defender out from the paint and. Maybe Kai Jones can develop into that, but he's not, he's nowhere near that yet. Um, Nick Richards, definitely not that guy. Uh, PJ is that guy, but he's not really a center. So it's just like, oh man, what do we do? You know, what, where, where's the options here? So I'm not advocating for a trade two weeks into the year at all. Um, it's way too early. And also a lot of the potential trade tar- targets I'd like can't be traded right now because they've already been traded or signed new contracts, what have you, you know, we need some time to, to tick off the clock uh, to see what this team, like where the team holes really are um, and what kind of available players would be available during the course of the season. But, you know, maybe like a Valanciunas, maybe something like that at some point, but not, not yet, not yet, not yet. Um, so yeah, listen, the, the defense, <laughs> just, I don't know, man, Jordan Poole, man, is this, this is, I'm a prisoner of the moment here, so pardon me. Um, but that first half, Jordan Poole went off. He went off, y'all. And it didn't seem like the Hornets were interested in stopping him from shooting threes. On the night, um, he hit seven three-pointers. He took 16, which is crazy. Um, he had a much better first half than second half. But, yeah, homie was on fire. Absolutely on fire. So salute to him, honestly. Like, he's going to give uh, Bridges a run for his money in the most improved player conversation. Um, there's a few guys I think could be in that mix, um, but it's, it's by no means a lock for Bridges. Uh, but I think Bridges is certainly on his way if he continues to play this way. Um, and he may be an all-star if he continues to play this way. Uh, so, you know, so let's, let's, let's lock up the defense, please. Uh, Kelly Oubre, I need him. I need him on. I need him uh, like available. <laughs> I need him locked in uh, to do what he does best, and that's defend the perimeter. Cody Martin, I need him on the floor, locking in defensively. Forget about the offensive stuff, Cody. Like I need Cody on it, making sure these guys aren't. <laughs> this isn't a three-point contest when they play the Hornets, man. Uh, can't be having that. Can't be having that. On the on the flip side, right? On the flip side of things. The offense is popping. 114.7 points per game. Only the Heat. The Hornets, our Hornets, are sandwiched between the Heat and the Lakers in the entire NBA. Right? That's not just the Eastern Conference. The entire NBA. The Hornets are the second best offense as far as points per game go. Miles Bridges is a big part of that. Um, 
So it's not all doom and gloom, but it's really fitting of a just above 500 team, if you really think about it. A team that's struggling defensively, but excelling offensively. That's kind of how you end up 500, you know? <laughs> you get the good and the bad, and you end up in the, in the 500 range. So I want, I want to salute Miles. You know, five, last five games, um, 23.4 points per game, seven rebounds. He's shooting the ball 44% from the floor, 38% from three. But I, what I really want to point out is his volume. Man, homie is shooting almost 19 shots a game. 18.8 specifically. Okay. I say that to say this. Oh, actually, real quick correct correction. I was 18.8 was from the last five games, 18.2 over the course of the entire season. So in the you know, through through nine games, through the entirety of the season so far, Miles Bridges is shooting 18 times a game. All right. His rookie year, six times a game. His second year, eleven. Th- last year, right? last season 66 games miles bridges was shooting nine times a game he's doubled that his volume has doubled thus far this year his percentage suffered a little bit because of it but it's not far off i'll take this i'll take that (laughs) trade-off easily because we're talking um nine attempts last year at 50 percent right? Nine shots a game, and he made half of them. This year, he's shooting twice that and at 48%, which, which brings him to 24 points per game. Like, Miles Bridges has bet on himself, right, with, uh, with not taking the contract extension. I love, I love him for that. I respect him for that. As a fan, I wish he signed it because I you know, just want him, you know, lock him in, lock him down, make sure he doesn't go anywhere. That's from a fan point of view. But as a fan of him, like a fan of the Hornets, but as a fan of Bridges, this guy bet on himself going back to school for another year. And he bet on, bet on himself again in the offseason. And, man, he is really paying off. I don't know how much money he's going to make. I don't care. Give it all to him. Give Bridges the bag. I don't know. I don't know. This guy is a on-the-court leader um, from an energy point of view. He's bringing it with the stats. He's bringing it vocally and non-verbally. Um, when, the, when the Warriors game ended, the Bally Sports cameras cut to him, and he was pissed. He was stone-faced, pissed off that they lost to the Warriors last night. And I love that. I love that energy. We need that. So the, the Hornets had a tough loss against the Heat. The Heat are a very good team, like a very, very, very good team. You know, if you told me they made it to the finals or Eastern Conference finals or whatever, I'd believe you. I would believe you. Um, there's no shame in, in that loss. I just thought the Hornets had to, they, 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 I thought they came out flat in that game and, and could have gave, gave the Heat a run for their money. You know, they, the Hornets fell down early. The Heat put 11 points on them, um, had 11 point lead after the first quarter and just kind of maintained that throughout. The, the Hornets had a really good third quarter and a tough fourth to make it kind of interesting. But, you know, the Heat were just, just too OP, just too overpowered, you know. Um, and at, that was a tough loss. You know, um, at that point, um, it was the second loss of the season. Um, the first loss that Celtics won in overtime, I thought was a very winnable game. So after two of those types of performances, I was like, all right, how is this team going to respond? Because after that Celtics loss, they whooped up on the Magic, right? As you should. That, that game was way closer than it should have been, but they won. All right. 
Then you have the Heat game um, where the team looked sluggish and guys didn't look like locked in. And I was like, all right, how do you respond after a loss like that? And they brought it to the Blazers. They they handled they handled the Blazers um, on Halloween. The return to Terry, by the way, pretty fitting, isn't it? Um, but then you had the, you know the bad loss of the Cavs and then another bad loss. So out of the first true losing streak of the year, uh, losing to the Cavs, losing to the Warriors. The Kings up next tomorrow night. We'll see how that goes. And the the West Coast road trip in general will be pretty pretty interesting. Uh, hopefully you know things go all right but i think bridges the look on his face made made me as a fan think okay i would not want to be in that locker room <laughs> you know uh bridges man bridges so you know the, the losing Devonte, losing malik in the offseason we knew shots would have to go someplace you know there'd be more opportunities for buckets and shot attempts for somebody i thought pj would take a lot of those empty shots uh, that were like available basically because Devonte and Malik, we know they like to shoot, right? So someone had to shoot with those guys being gone. I thought PJ would be doing that. Um, didn't I? Didn't expect Miles to be doing it. I'm very happy about it, and because he's crushing it, he's absolutely crushing it. And I, I'm gonna remember like that, that 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 stretch last night. Four straight possessions, four straight buckets, two layups, two threes. Miles is moving with a confidence that is going to carry, I think, the rest of this team throughout the year. You know, guys are going to come and go through injury and just performance dips and things like that. I, I look at Miles as going to be the rock of this franchise uh, for the rest of the season and hopefully beyond. He was a team-leading scorer for a reason, you know? Um, LaMelo, um, he took, a, he took a, a tough fall last night, landing on his hip, you know? Uh, <laughs> can we put him in bubble wrap when we go on these West Coast trips, please? Thanks, you know? Just a, this is a, a light suggestion because, man, he, he took a, a hard fall on his hip and he was kind of working it the entire game. He you know he came back, you know, um, didn't miss any time. PJ, you know, he he hyperextended his elbow, got his arm caught um, underneath a, a, a Warriors player and let out a loud scream. And he looked like he only had one arm, like he looked like his left arm was toast. So I haven't heard any any definitive news on PJ's availability the rest of the way which is a bummer because PJ carved up the Kings last year. And I would love for to see, I'd love to see a repeat of that, but so hopefully he's good for a lot of reasons that reason included, but yeah, LaMelo second leading scorer on the squad thus far. Uh, last five games um, have been pretty like spotty. I would say a decent overall, maybe a little less than what we've come to expect from LaMelo, um, especially from a percentage point of view, 38% from the floor, 30% from three, he shot six threes, uh, six point six threes per game in those in those last five games, and then it stopped falling. Um, the free throw percentage is there, ninety um, percent, two free throws per game though. So not a lot, not a really big sample size, which is a bummer because I know I just talked about him getting hurt or not getting hurt. Well, he's hurt but not injured. It's one of them. Uh, him having a hard fall and you know wrapping him in bubble wrap. I'm not eager to see him. You know, throwing his body around like Dwayne Wade, but he's a he's a, I, I think he's very skilled at getting to the rim. And when the jumper isn't there, I want to see him going big, being more aggressive, getting to the getting to the cup. Uh, he's not. I don't want him dunking on people. Just you know, use that ability, that euro step, that dribble, that handle, that vision, and get those easy buckets at the rim. 
Don't be so reliant on threes when they're not falling like they are, or they have been the last few games, last five games. So I'm not worried about him at all, but just something to be to keep an eye out for. Um, because I think everyone should be, re- just remind themselves that Melo, I think only now just played his 60th game in his career. He's not a rookie, but he is a rookie at the, at the same time. So like his NBA service time is of a rookie. Um, he's still very young. He has a long way to go as far as development goes. And it's, we're, we're spoiled because he's very good already, which, you know, long-term makes me think how, makes me wonder how good he will, he'll be eventually. I think very good. I think really, really good. Um, but as of now, just be mindful of the, the point he is in his career, right? It's going to take some time for it all to come together. Uh, Gordon Hayward, he, he is baffling to me, Gordon Hayward. Um, He's fantastic. He's playing very well. I, I need more volume from him, man. I need, I need more shot attempts. Gordon Hayward should not be shooting the ball the same amount of times per game as Kelly Oubre. That's, that can't run. It can't. I like Kelly Oubre a lot, but he is not the offensive player Hayward is. Hayward is a three-level scorer. He can do everything offensively. And he's shooting the ball 12.8 times per game. Oubre is at 11. No. (laughs) That needs to flip. Not flip. That needs to change. I need Hayward to up the aggression. He's too good to not be shooting more, you know? And they're quiet buckets, but they're good buckets. They're high efficient. He's shooting almost 50% from the floor to uh, this, so far this year. 48% from three, man. Like, get it. Get your shots up. <laughs> get the green light. Green light Gordon, man. Like, let's, let's get it. We need it. Um, it. And I know, I know, I just I talked about how the team offensively as a whole is scoring a ton. But it could be better. And when the defense is playing like this, we need the offense to counteract it, right? And Hayward, Hayward is a bucket. And they got to get the got to get the levels up. And another thing is when this team is cold, we need guys like him to step up. He's when he's on the floor with Ish, Cody, Kelly, uh, PJ, and his Hayward. Hayward be the fifth guy. That's not a lot of offense there. <laughs> like there's not a lot of firepower. Hayward is the firepower. PJ can shoot it. He can score. But I'm not looking at Ish, Cody, and Kelly as guys to be shooting in those handles, half court possessions or forcing up shots. I need Hayward or PJ to be like, yo, <laughs> you guys are on here to play defense. We're here to score in the half court. Sure. Those other guys can shoot. They can score. They're capable at it, but I need Hayward in those instances to be an alpha on the floor and like, yo, give me the ball. This is my time. To, I need it. This is my job to be leading the second unit to make sure we don't either lose a lead or to make sure we get back into a game while the starters are getting some rest. So I love Hayward. I need him to get involved more. I need him to up the levels. Uh, Terry Rozier, uh, through these last, he's played three of the last five games, right? He came back on Halloween. In those games, 14 points per game, three assists, 4.7 rebounds. Shooting 34% from the floor, 33% from three. Um, if you didn't know that was Terry Rozier, you, you may maybe think it was Kelly Oubre or someone like that, right? The issue is Terry Rozier is one of the main players on this team, 
Um, he's a vital piece to what this team has going on for themselves. Um, I look at the core of this team presently as Hayward, Terry, LaMelo, and Miles. And he's the only one of the group that isn't really clicking. And I'm giving Terry all the benefit of the doubt. All right, he just got back from an injury. It's going to take time for him to warm up, to get, to get ready, because Terry's too good for this to last. You know, Terry time is legit. He was the best fourth quarter. Beth, wow, I can't talk. Best fourth quarter player last season. Terry's going to get this right. This is going to take some time. Um, it's just, it's, it, it was just on display last night, like last couple of games, actually. Missing layups, making weird offensive plays. Like, I, I think it'll start clicking with Terry. It's just, uh, everything is down. The volume and percentages, is not it. Three games is a small sample size. That's one of the main things I want to, I'm going to look out for this, this West Coast road trip is when Terry will start clicking. Because when Terry starts clicking, everything will be right again. You know, everything will, will work itself out at that point. Because it's also strange, too, that while Terry was out, and when he's not really clicking like we know we could, we're not seeing much of James Booknight. And I want to make this perfectly clear. I am not advocating James Booknight to play over Terry Rozier in any capacity at all. Okay, at all. <laughs> if there's minutes to be had, Terry should have 100% of those minutes. Okay, between the two of them. But, 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 book night, nine games into the league, into the season in his career, he's played three. There's three rookies in the first round that haven't scored yet. One of them is Keon Johnson, who's hurt, and the other two are book night and Kai Jones. I'm just asking a rhetorical question here. What is the plan with Book Knight and Kai? Kai Jones is a big time, long term project. I am cool with him watching from the sidelines, but Book Knight is a different story. And we didn't see when Terry was hurt. We didn't see Book Knight play outside of garbage time. I would not have bet on. <laughs> like I was, I even now saying it out loud still kind of blows my mind. We saw Cody. Excel and with given the opportunity, Cody excelled um, and made the most of that. Uh, Jalen McDaniels made the most of that time. So, you know, there's competition there. Competition is good. Depth is good. And, you know, we can remain wondering when James Booknight is going to touch the floor. But I'm, I just, I don't know. I just want to float that out there. I'm curious. I, I personally don't think we see Booknight or Kai Jones play in 2021. Like I think in the in January February we, those guys will be in the mix more, but it's no it just it's, we just got to November. I think we go through November through December without seeing these guys on the floor easily, um, unless there's some catastrophic injury or something like that, which I don't want at all. <laughs> I want these guys to play because they earn it, not because guys get hurt. So just to just to put a bow on this, um, you know the the team is one game above five hundred five and four. Right. The offense is hitting the defense not so much. And again, that's that's how you end up as at five and four. <laughs> that's how you end up five hundred. <laughs> one step forward, one step back type of thing. This team is among the best scoring teams. They're top of the league in assists. I think they're fourth in assists. And no team is shooting more than them, mind you. Ninety four point four shots per game. No team in the league is taking more shots than the Hornets. 
I'm, I'm here for this. <laughs> it's very fun to watch as a fan. Very fun to watch. This team is tough. This team is resilient. They've shown the ability to find their ways back into games after slow starts. It's a good skill to have, but I hate watching it because I hate that it exists. I wish they'd come off ready to go from tip, but it's, I, take, I can take comfort knowing that they have the ability to make a comeback if they fall behind. If this team can avoid falling significantly behind in the first half, you can't win every quarter, you know, but just don't get blown out <laughs> in the first half, please. If they can avoid that and hopefully stop or slow down at the very least opposing teams' bigs, all will be right in the world, at least the Hornets world. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Sam. You've been great. You've been listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. I really appreciate the support and you listening and hope you have a good weekend and we get to watch some Hornets basketball. Don't stay up too late. All right, DVR if you have to, watch it in the morning. All right. <laughs> These West Coast games are tough. Hopefully things go well. I'm going to talk about it next week. Take care. Stay safe. Peace. Perfect. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.